Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. So happy you tuned in to Dose of Leadership. Man, i got a great guest today. They're always great, but this one is really exceptional. Cassandra Worthy is on the show. Her specialty is talking about change. We've talked about change management on here quite a few times on Dose of Leadership, but this is probably my favorite episode or my favorite guest who approached the topic. I mean, when we've all been through major shifts, particularly in business, you know, a merger, an acquisition, some sort of restructure, you're bringing in a new system, getting rid of an old system, and certainly we've all been um, exposed to change this last year, this market disruption that COVID has given us. And rarely uh, do we as individuals or even businesses particularly face these kind of tumultuous emotional landscape head on. And that is so true. I can think of all the times where we've had massive changes, and it seems like we just didn't deal with the real emotions head on. We try to ignore them. And that's what Cassandra Worthy's all about. She comes to us with the fact that only 10% of successful change adaptation is about the know-how and the other 90% is squarely around our motivation, the organization's motivation, and the willingness to embrace the change. That's key, the willingness to embrace it. And without to Cassandra's point, without addressing the emotion standing in the way of motivation, any transformation is going to be stopped in its tracks. And that's what makes Cassandra such a great guest. She's not only created and cultivated the unique strategy called change enthusiasm, which arms us, the individuals, with the means to harness the power of emotion. And that's what's so fun about this conversation. Because, because this is a resource of infinite supply. Think about that. Our emotions are a resource of infinite supply. And so instead of avoiding the emotions, Cassandra's all about, let's harness it. And that really resonates with me. Maybe you've heard me talk about harnessing anxiety, harnessing the dynamic tension, uh, getting comfortable, being the composed force in chaos. All of that feeds into Cassandra's message. Uh, it's a message that nurtures highly resilient and adaptable organizations, and it starts with us at the heart of the individual. This is a very energetic episode. I really love it. It focuses on how we harness our anxiety, acknowledge our emotions, sit with those emotions, and then use those emotions as a catalyst and a barometer from change. I love that. Absolutely love that. Cassandra explains in this episode that anyone can become enthusiastic about change and that we can find this unique power of resilience, particularly during these turbulent times. That's key. So this is what it means to me to be the composed force in a chaotic situation. I love her teachable strategy. It can inspire anyone. This is a very inspirational episode, in my opinion, that we can all become enthusiastic about change. Don't be afraid of it. we got to find our unique power of resilience during those turbulent times. That's where leaders are made or broken, right? And I just absolutely 
love Cassandra. This was actually part of my Next Level Method, my new project that I'm a part of. It is a Next Level Method podcast episode. If you haven't heard of Next Level Method, I encourage you to go to the website, nextlevelmethod.com. You can also find this podcast on your favorite podcast application, so go check it out. You'll see the same exact episode there. But I'm only doing this in the beginning for the first couple of months because I'm trying to drive awareness of my new project, Next Level Method. It's all about helping you in a very compassionate way to get more focused around your energy, around eliminating things out of your life, around relationships, around purpose, and to take your life to the next level. So go check out nextlevelmethod.com to learn more. Hey, thanks for being a fan of Dose of Leadership. I couldn't do this without you. You continue Your continued support means a lot. If you're brand new to the show, if you haven't done so, please follow me on your favorite podcast application. Whatever it may be, subscribe, rate, review. Writing a review is tantamount. In fact, that's my call to action for you. If you could do anything, please go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever your favorite application and write a review. Hopefully it's five stars. Let me know what you think about this show. And reach out to me at doseofleadership.com. I answer every email. I try to. It may take me a long time. I apologize if I don't get to back to you right away, but I do answer every email. Let me know where you're at in your leadership journey and check out all my services if you're needing a speaker, a teacher, or a coach when it comes to leadership. All right, let's get on with this great conversation with Cassandra Worthy here on Dose of Leadership. Cassandra, man, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I so appreciate it. You know, what I like about what you talk about is like, you know, when we look at our pillars here at Next Level Method, and, mm-hmm. and one of them is purpose and what is your superpower and how, to, how yeah. does that apply? And I think your message and what you're teaching uh, re- relates to that deeply because something I love and I've been, I've had talked to many guests and tried to apply in my personal mm-hmm. life is this, mm-hmm. w- when I look at you and I look at your message. It's about harnessing anxiety and, and not ignoring those emotions mm-hmm, right? and use those for fuel for your purpose, right? What do you, am I hitting the nail on the head there? You're hitting it. You got it. Yeah. So how did you come about to that? How did you come to this awakening of, of not ignoring, you know, because I think a lot of times we're taught to ignore the anxiety or look at anxiety as weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that's not what you're telling us. You're telling us, no, embrace that with with all your might and use that to fuel your next step. How did you get there? Yeah. Well, let me first tell you that I am probably the biggest student of what I teach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I mean, you've heard that, right? Mm -hmm. We teach the lessons we most need to learn. Right. Um, And I have been one just as an individual who has uh, propensity to numbing out, ignoring what I deem. And a lot of us deem these negative emotions like anxiety, like anger, like frustration, and these emotions that typically bubble up when we're going through big change, big transformation, big disruption, that kind of change that I say feels like slaps you across the face <laughs> and puts you on the ground, uh, when those emotions pop up. Uh, but this mindset really came from me as a means to grow through change myself. So I'm a chemical engineer by trade, and I spent about 15 years working in more traditional roles of corporate America. And within that 15 years, I spent some time working in acquisitions. Um, And for those of you who have experienced acquisitions, that's the kind of change that feels like it could slap you across the face and you're lying on the ground looking up at the ceiling, right? Very scary, Um, So I experienced that pretty young uh, in my career, and I experienced those emotions, that feeling of frustration, that feeling of anger, 
that us versus them kind of culture dynamics going through an acquisition, feeling every day like I just wanted to quit, like I wanted to get up, walk out the door and never come back. But it was through cultivating this mindset that I've now coined change enthusiasm and recognizing that these emotions, this is energy. Yeah. And, and I'm going to trust that it's here to serve me. They're here for a reason, right? They exist among all of us. I say that emotion is this you know, universal language, uh, energy that flows through all of us and we have an infinite well of it. So why not use it? Um, and by thinking of it in that way, I was able to step into this big moment of opportunity going through those acquisitions. Okay, I'm in a moment of growth. I'm in a moment to learn, uh, learn about myself, learn about this business, learn about going through an acquisition. So how can I choose to milk this opportunity for all it's worth? Um, and so that's what I did going through these acquisitions, recognizing my signal emotions, these, this anxiety, this frustration, this anger as gifts, as invitations, welcoming me into opportunities to grow and learn. And through practicing this mindset, this change enthusiasm in my own life, I was able to take my career in places that I never dreamed, yeah. uh, and recognize that those big disruptions that blind you and knock you on the ground are really happening, not to you, but for you to serve your evolution and challenge you and allow you to grow and stretch and become better. Oh. Um, and so now I'm so grateful to share this mindset that really I cultivated <laughs> so that I could survive and thrive and grow through change and share it with millions all over the world. I absolutely love that. I agree with you hundred percent. I think mean, Matt, mm -hmm. did I ever tell you, you know, I was a pilot in the Marine Corps. I got hired by American airlines in 2001 and, and long story short, finished my training on September 8th, 2001 and September 11th was my first day. And I had oh it, my goodness. I had it all set out in my, I was going to be an airline pilot. Right. And I was going to retire a millionaire at 60. I was going to do all these things. Right? <laughs> right. And then nine 11 happened and like all of it was taken, you know, I just remember that gut punch, you know, the worst thing that happened to me is I lost my job. You know, right. I don't try right. to equate the tragedy right. of nine 11 with you know, it's right. all about me. It's not, but I mean, but my plan was thwarted, right? Because of, of those events, much like probably people felt mm -hmm. during this year, during mm -hmm. COVID yeah, and everything definitely. else and during yep. your acquisition, like you're talking about. But it, that happens all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And you see those people yeah. who, who right. pull themselves out of the mud, and I call these out of these mud moments, are the ones that embrace that kind of, ang they harness that anxiety. They use right. those emotions for fuel. I know I, it took me a long time to do that, but I look back now with... Yeah. Mm -hmm. with some wisdom and some marination mm -hmm. on the time. Mm -hmm. that, that's what I did. I mean, right. once I got through the shock and the fear, I kind of just said, okay, you know what? What is this teaching me? I remember saying that to myself yes. at one time. What is this teaching me? I don't know. Did you have an experience like that? Yeah, Matt? well, uh, ongoing. I think yeah, to your point, I mean, it's ongoing. These emotions aren't, I mean, we're emotional creatures, right? We always have emotion coming through us all the time. And I think that's the really differentiator between having a life that's purposeful and we feel some sense of accomplishment, we feel some sense of success is when we can harness that and use it for positive change or use it for positivity versus letting it uh, beat us up, right? Because yeah. I've also had those 3 a.m., you know, wake up at 3 a.m. <laughs> feeling anxiety and apprehension and what should I do about this? What I mean, I, you know, once in a while I still have those nights where you wake up and you're just like, what should I do with this? And that's all emotion too. So I think but it's the predominantly how do we... And I think we're going to talk about that today. How do we lean into what we're talking about here with this, this change enthusiasm? How do we do that? And how does it work? Yeah. How do we get comfortable being uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. And what I also want to not negate, right, is the importance of recognizing those what we deem negative emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, in no mm -hmm. way, you know, when I talk about that, I th teach change enthusiasm, people are always like, 
Don't talk to me. All right, I'm struggling right now. I don't want to hear your sugary, sweet, always be positive, rah, rah, rah mess, right? Right. But this is not what it's about. It's about acknowledging and allowing those signal emotions. So if you're struggling, if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling anxiety, that's okay. Allow that feeling to exist. Grant yourself grace to sit with those emotions. But the mindset is about trusting that they're there to serve you. That if you're feeling them, you're in this opportunity to grow and to learn. And when you're ready, when you're ready to get about the business of maximizing that opportunity, you then make that choice and you step into the practice of this mindset. But in no way do I want folks to walk away thinking this is just a really sugary, sweet, positive outlook on all change. Yeah, it sucks, but get over it. That's not what this is about. It's about just acknowledging and recognizing those signal emotions, being in tune with how that energy flows through you so that you can recognize them and then look to transform that energy into that fuel for growth. Yeah, you have to go through it, right? It's like you make it worse when you ignore it and you're right. And if you try to sugarcoat it, I mean, and that's what I love about your stuff, Cassandra, is because it's a breath of fresh air because if you look at the vast majority of the material or the coaches or the consultants that are telling you to get through these kind of change dynamics, they don't really embrace that. They try to say, hey, just, you know, the me you see is the me you're going to be, right? So just tell yourself and just, like, you ignore the feelings almost. I mean, not all Mm -hmm. of them are like that, but it seems like the vast majority of the stuff that I come across is like... Not really focused on emotion, right? Not focused on on how do you set it, you know, acknowledging it, and but trusting, I like what you said, trusting that this is going to serve you, right? You got to go through the pain. You got to go through the grief. You got to go through the fear, right? Yeah. So often in my work, and you've probably heard, heard it before, but you've got leadership and I've experienced it myself that when going through a big disruption, a big growth challenge, big transition, transformation, they admit this is going to be tough. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is going to be hard, but then it's like this suck it up, you know, bear it, grit it and just get through it because we have to not really giving employees in the workforce a means, a conduit, the tools to actually work through those emotions, recognizing them as energetic fuel. Um, It's more of a glazed over. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but okay, you deal with that outside of the work hours. When you come in here, you need to go, you know, go forward with this change. But this is about recognizing, acknowledging, and then using that infinite resource of emotion to fuel your transformation journey, you know, transforming that anxiety into anticipation, right? And, and really, really using, employing that energy uh, throughout the workforce. Your book, Change Enthusiasm, is it, is it more for the individual to help them navigate through something like that? Or is it, and, uh, and is it a book about culture? Meaning if I have a business, can I use this book too to help kind of plant the seeds of the culture so that we can deal with the change? Does that make sense? So it does. And I will say that the book is predominantly focused at the individual, right? So my message, though I work with clients with, you know, large organizations, the message is for the individual that's going through the change, experiencing the change, as well as those leading through the change. Mm -hmm. So there's actually a section in the book that's the advanced application that's all about those who are leading or influencing change. And what are those softer skills that are so necessary when you have an organization feeling their signal? 
emotional emotions, right? When the tensions are high, when you're going through a lot of change, what do you need to be flexing from a skill set standpoint uh, to leverage and inspire that organization getting those signal emotions? Uh, but again, it's really focused on the individual, whether you're experiencing, executing, or leading big change and transformation. God, there's so much to explore there. Where do you, where do you want to dive in? What, what's, what's, what's your, <laughs> because I love, I love what do I do as a leader part, but I guess I'm, yeah. I'm interested too as an individual, what do we, what do we do? Exactly. Because, you know, and, and as we dive into the subject, even though this is kind of framed around kind of more of the corporate or business structure, really this applies, I'm, I'm assuming this applies really everywhere in your life because it doesn't matter if you're working everywhere. for a company. I mean, a good everywhere. examples uh, that you brought up with COVID. I mean, that affected us all to some degree in some manner. So we had to shift, we had to change, we had to mm -hmm. morph, we had to change some of our mindset. And you saw people that didn't do well and you saw people that thrived during that, that process. So really change happens all the time. Now, not maybe not you know huge change all the time, but there's change happening all the time. So really, I think, is it, is, is it accurate to say if you can figure out how to kind of use this change enthusiasm, you really apply that broad stroke across your life, not just at work, right? Across your life, across, yes. Anywhere that you experience emotion. Right. <laughs> Any situation where you've got frustration right. or anger, right. change enthusiasm applies. Right. Okay, yeah, good. And, uh, and I'm, I'm a huge, uh, huge proponent, and I've spoken about it on several other podcasts, as mm -hmm. well as one that I'm leading myself. This, this idea of work-life balance, mm -hmm. um, I, I think, is quickly becoming obsolete. Right. Uh, and I'm very much so about work-life integration, yeah. right? How yeah. the work that you do is a part of having a fulfilled, healthy life. And it's not about what you experience at your work as one self and then outside of work as another self. So that just speaks to the fact that change enthusiasm is something that you practice in a fulfilled and an enriching life, no matter what aspect of the life you're, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's that look like for you, I guess? Because I always love to learn from other people. I think that's how I learn fastest is literally like if I want to learn something, I just go find something. I wanted to learn about doing podcasts and I found Richard, right? It was like, <laughs> it was like wow, there's somebody, there's somebody in our town that's done like a ton of this. They're, they're like you know, half, they're in the top half percent of all podcasts. Well, all this, I was like, cool. So we just went to lunch. That's how I started learning about podcasting. So, so it, <laughs> you're a smart guy, man. I like it. Richard's good. Right. That's I, a good reason. I like to be efficient, right? That's why we have you on the show. It's like, how do we, how do we master this stuff or at least, uh, you know, learn about it faster? So in your own life, how does that show up? I guess kind of that, because now you yeah. got me on kind of that thing is like this, what you coined is this work-life integration. What's that look like? How's yeah. that work? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you an example of, like I said, I am the greatest student of what I teach of change mm -hmm. enthusiasm. And I've never had to practice this more than in the past 18 months right. <laughs> during yeah, the pandemic. Sure. Um, and I actually wrote my book during the pandemic. So mm -hmm. I landed my, my publishing deal with, with Hay House uh, in March of 2020. Right Why as, you know, yeah. COVID-19 was putting a chokehold mm. on all communities all around the world. And so I was literally getting up every day and writing the lessons and the concepts that I had to put into practice in order to turn my business around. Yeah. So for me, like in March, like those last two weeks and also going into April, mm. the mm. best that I could do is get up. Go check how many events had been canceled, uh, how many had been rescheduled, look at how my revenue was continuing to dwindle, mm -hmm. and then go get on the couch and binge Netflix. <laughs> that's, that's the best I could do right. for, about, for about two or three weeks. That's, right. that's all that I could do. But I, I recognize, obviously, in that, in that darkness that 
wait a minute, <laughs> I created a mindset that enables you to use this energy, this exact energy that I'm feeling to fuel growth. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself some grace uh, for the next few days. I'm going to keep doing this, but then I'm going to step into this opportunity that I have to grow. And so what I did was recognize that this message that I bring was still very relevant, if not more so in the face of the pandemic. And I knew that my clients were going to need this message into the coming months. So I've started thinking, how can I pivot and still share this message? So I started learning about camera setup. I started learning about virtual studios. Uh, I reconfigured my home office into a home studio. Um, I started doing a listening tour with my past clients. Just, just listening. What are you going through? What does help look like? Can I do a brainstorm with you? Really not even looking to build revenue, really just looking to right. be there uh, to, my, to my client base. And then over the next several weeks, again, practicing the mindset. This is an opportunity. Here's some options I have. I can reach out to some, some speakers that I see are already starting to do virtual. I could go over here and take a, take a class and kind of learn how to do a virtual, you know, home studio setup and making these choices just consistently day after day. Mm -hmm. And I was able to turn my business around and honestly reach greater levels of revenue and touching more lives around the world by pivoting into virtual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it's a practice, right? Every day. There were days when I woke up and saw, good gracious, 14 cancellations came through. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a point where it looked like my revenue outlook for 2020 was down to zero. Right. Um, and so, of course, that's panic. That's right. anger. That's right. frustration. Sure. Um, but I leveraged that energy, transformed it through the power of choice uh, to learn, to pivot, and get into this virtual space. So many great things you said there. Mm -hmm. and, and I think just to reemphasize, and we've talked about this before with David Emerald stuff and everything, we're always at a choice. Creators are always at a choice. You can never, yeah. no one can ever take that away from you, no matter right. what is happening. And I think that that's what I got out of your, uh, out of your story there, Cassandra. It's so powerful. Yeah. And know that, you know, when you're sitting in that seat, that seat of power with choice, it can be very daunting. Mm -hmm. Yes. It can be very overwhelming. Yes. And I, I was sitting in that, in that seat many, many days of last year. Mm -hmm. Honestly, only being able to make one small choice, sending one email mm -hmm. to a speaker that I saw was doing a virtual engagement, just mm -hmm. that one email. Mm -hmm. And that was the one choice that I made for the day. So no matter what that choice looks like, no matter how big or small, know that you're taking steps in your evolution, you're slowly learning, slowly growing, and just trust that. Trust that process. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Yeah, it's hard, but you're right. It's but it's it's the baby steps, right? The thing yep. we've yeah. talked about in the past, and like the breakthrough is never going to happen. That's that's what I think is important is that the breakthrough, whatever that breakthrough lo through looks like, and you don't know what it's going to look like. You right. don't know when it's going yeah. to happen, but it will never happen if you don't intentionally do something and make a choice. Right? If you just sit there. Yeah. 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 And I and I invite uh, the folks, my practicing change enthusiasts around the world to leverage what I call seeds of trust uh, to anchor them in those moments where there's a bit of overwhelm. And those seeds of trust are thinking back to times when you experience devastation, where you experience tremendous change, tremendous disruption and something good came from it, right, right. whether a new connection, right. a new position, uh, something that you learned that you never thought you'd be able to learn. Just use those as seeds to say, you know what? I've been through difficult times before mm -hmm. and something really good came out of that. So I'm going to trust something good is in store for me now. Mm -hmm. I'm getting these signaling motions. They're here for a reason. They're signaling me into something else that's good going to happen. And I just need to trust this journey. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. And and that it's all about perspective, right? When you can do that. Yeah. And then I think mm-hmm. even looking yeah. outside, like somebody's been through this before. Right. Who, who is it? And what did they do? And what did they learn? You know, I, I've done that in the past. Like, right. okay, come on. I can't be the only person, person on the planet that's feeling this way or, or have right. experienced this. And, and looking looking for that perspective seems to help. And I think know. that's the trap we fall into, right? I think that's why people do fall into depression or fall into funks for long periods of time is because they do think that they're, it feels like, and I know a lot of times in my life, it, it feels like I'm the only one in that moment going through that on the yeah. face of the earth. It's like, this is yeah. only happening to me. So we kind of take on that victim kind of, that yeah. victim persona and say, woe is me because I'm the only one experiencing it. And that's not true. That's never true. Yeah, one, right. people, typically there's always somebody that's got stuff much worse than I do. And second of right. all, there's people that have been through the exact same thing. And it's then it's my choice at, at that point is do I want to reach out to people that have been through that to learn mm-hmm. or to even just get support, somebody to hear me. I mean, sometimes it may, for me, the choice may be just, hey, I've got, you know, there's, I've got four or five people here I can call that, um, that could at least say, Hey, I'll listen. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. makes sense. Or I've been through something similar or sorry, you're, you know, experiencing that right now, but they'll at least listen. Right. Yeah. And for sometimes yeah. for me, that is just, a, just having somebody hear me out is a choice. Huge. It always yeah. goes back to and that, in that vein, Richard, I'm so curious. What do you think your biggest lesson was in your experience in September, uh, uh, 9-11 oh, wow. with, with uh, the transition and, and what you thought was going to be happening that day and then what didn't, what was, what was your greatest lesson in that experience? Well, it, initially there were, there was a lot of gratitude because there was a lot of loss. And so they just, I just remember wanting to be home and mm-hmm. be, and, and so just the perspective of like, nothing's really that important except family, my family. Right. Perfect. But, but in the long term, as it went out, I'm, the mindset was a shift from it was panic. I remember, I'm, and I remember thinking, oh, my God, all I know how to do is fly airplanes. I remember right. thinking that mm-hmm. one day. What am I going to do? Because nobody is hiring pilots anymore. Mm-hmm. And my mindset was I was going to be, I am a pilot. I identified as a pilot. I'm going to be a pilot. Now there's no pilots needed. Right. right? So, <laughs> right. Or at least I wasn't needed. And I was right. like, what am I going to do? And so I guess the biggest lesson learned was, was kind of along what you're saying is that as I gave myself grace and kind of the, the freedom and permission to kind of acknowledge the victimization mm-hmm. of what has happened. Right. Mm-hmm. But don't, don't fall into victimhood. And I just started doing something and I just said, I got it. A lot of it was out of necessity. I had to put food on the table for the kids and the wife, but sure. Yeah. But as I started doing things and mm-hmm. taking small bit, not knowing where it's going to go, just starting to kind of, I guess the lesson was I started listening to what I was drawn to and I would just start, yes. I would just start mm-hmm. doing things and I didn't have a playbook. I just said, I'm going to, I'm going to follow what I'm drawn to, like intuition Ooh. and try things. And mm-hmm. that was the big lesson that I learned. And then, and, and, and went from a mindset of like, oh my God, all I know how to just fly airplanes. So now I was like, there's so many things I want to do and there's so many things I can do. <laughs> right. And so, oh my gosh. Yeah. What a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> what a lesson. So. Golly. I hope everybody's learned that lesson. <laughs> Cause I tell you, I, so I have always been a very curious person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, me even too. when I was a, a kid, you know, I was the one asking all the questions and knowing the mess out of my parents. Uh, but which is why I gravitated towards science and math, right? Cause they gave me the tools mm-hmm. to answer a lot of these, these questions, these mysteries of life. But yeah, I've always been curious, but it wasn't until probably about six or seven years ago that I really started to listen to my intuition in yeah. earnest and mm-hmm. really started to walk that path 
following those curiosities of what sharing my natural talents, gifts, and experience with the world in a much bigger way than leading organizations in corporate, what that would look like. And it's through that lesson that you learned that I have actually grown into this business, cultivated this business, yeah. and now I'm able to walk on purpose each and every day by following this whisper, right? Yeah. That intuition. That, so important. The cur- yeah, I think my curiosity took over and I listened to it. That's what I, what you just said is exactly what happened to me is I listened to my curiosity because, and I, and when I was watching your Ted, it's kind of the same thing with you is that, you know, you graduated college, you got this chemical engineering job at this great organization that you love and the well-known large mm. corporation. Mm. I think you identified with that and you were proud of that. And like, I was a chemical engineer at this major mm. Like you see these products in your house? Yeah, I work at that place, right? I mean that that was probably you, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah right. And when oh, the- I bragged a lot. I really <laughs> exactly, right? My friends and my family. Right? I like that shampoo. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Right? <laughs> but then when it's taken away from you, that's the same thing with me. Like I wanted you to know that I was a pilot. I wanted you to know I worked at American the identity. Airlines. You know. And then when yeah. it's taken away from you, and I think that's the big lie that we all of us are kind of trapped in that that we put our self worth and our identity in in two things, what we accomplish and what other people think of us. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. you were guilty of that. I was guilty mm-hmm. of that. Oh, and then, and right. you've probably been mm-hmm. guilty of that too. And then when it's taken away from you, then you're kind of forced to do what, what happened to us. Right. And then, yeah. yeah, that's, that's the, that's the blessing behind kind of the dramatic event mm-hmm. or the splat moment or whatever you want to call it. Right. I don't know. I'm kind of yeah, just I'm a huge here, believer in, in the journey of our authentic success. Yeah. And getting away from this paradigm of success being this big shiny box that's out here yeah. that other people have curated, like nice homes, big cars, a lot of money, power, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But curating our own success that we hold right here yeah. and that we fill that box of what defines our success. Uh, and I have found that I live fulfilled every day because I know I hold that box of authentic success. Yeah, I love that. I think every day I achieve that authentic success and, and it's up to me to define it and then achieve it. Um, and honestly, the, the core of it for me is, is in a feeling, right? A feeling of fulfillment, a feeling of joy. If I have that in my day, then I'm, I'm successful. I love that. Absolutely mm-hmm. love that. I yeah. was, I was, uh, I, this just brought up this story. I was flying through Dallas, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe a decade or more ago. And I, and at the time I was traveling quite a bit and I, my, my kind of uh, thing to myself is that I'm traveling all the time. But every time I'm in the airport, I'm going to get my shoes shined, right? Once right. in a while. Like, not yeah. all, every day. But I get my shoes, and it was just, like, relaxing. It was basically, like, a massage for me. It's, like, just getting my shoes shined, just having somebody <laughs> shine my shoes. It's just, like, because I'm wearing my shoes, right? It's, there, there's a whole thing to it, right? If you've got a, good, a really good shoe shine person. And so I was there, and I was talking. To, I, would, I would always talk to the shoe shine people. And so I was sitting there, and I was talking to him. And this guy was just shining my shoes, and we were talking about stuff. And he was talking about his grandkids and his life and how long he'd lived in Dallas and mm-hmm. all this, how he'd had such a wonderful life. And then all of a sudden he just said, he said, burden or blessing, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I went, yes. and, I, and my head, I just remember going, I said, what? He said, <laughs> he said, well, it's really up to me to choose if it's a burden or blessing. He said, things happen to us in life. He said, you know, I've had this happen. I've had to have this happen. He said, but really for me, I get to choose. Is it a burden or is it a blessing? And I think that's what you're talking about, right? It's that mindset that's of exactly. it's happening for yeah. me. You, as you've said, it's happening for me, not to me. And, and, that's exactly, and how do I frame exactly it? That's right? exactly the lesson. 
Um, And it mirrors the best advice I ever got in my life, which was actually, I think, the seed that grew change enthusiasm. And it was from a mentor. And it's when I was struggling going through an acquisition. I was venting to her. I was saying everything short of, listen, fire my manager, fire these other seven people that I'm struggling with. (laughs) And she was like, Cassandra, I'm going to offer you some advice. You can either get bitter or you can get better. It's your choice. It's your choice. Yeah. Um, And it was those words that put me on this trajectory of cultivating this mindset and sitting in that seat of choice. It is my choice on how I experience life. It is my choice. And I'm going to step into that power. Yeah. Yeah. And it's trusting. Again, going back to the trust, like, I don't know how this is going. You know, and I think that's what great leaders do in both in individual and organizations. Mm -hmm. They don't know how it's going to happen. They just know it's Mm -hmm. going to happen, if that makes sense. And it's trust. It's faith. It's Mm -hmm. it's curious about spirituality, belief in a higher power. How important is that to you in your own change enthusiasm? Do you talk about that? Hugely. Yeah. Hugely. Um, so when I shared what I do with my, with my partner, um, you know, when, when we met, she was like, this is mindfulness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, really yeah, yes. Yeah, totally. Mindfulness and centering into the business landscape. And I That's said, yes, that is, that is what I'm doing. Yeah. It's hugely important. Um, and if you think about, you know, change enthusiasm, enthusiast, the origin of that word, um, uh, enthusiast is one who is inspired from within and it's actually divinely inspired. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the, the, uh, be, the background of definition of, of enthusiast. And so in change enthusiasm, it's one who is inspired by those emotions inspired by those signaling motions as a, as a gift and an invitation to grow, to become better. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all about being in tune with, with this energy that I feel connects us all. Um, we're all vibrations, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that this, this emotion, like I said, is an infinite well. And I think it's a way for that divine source to, to communicate with each and every one of us and signal us and bring our awareness to, hey, you about to learn, you about <laughs> to grow. Right. It might be hard, it might be challenging, but I'm here to let you know I'm with you and uh, you can use all these vibrations as fuel uh, mm-hmm. to get about the business of, of growing. So yeah, it's, it's hugely important. It's yeah, hugely I, important I, I love that too. And, and when you said that about this is an infinite, I never looked at it that way until I heard you say that um, or read it about your material that it is an infinite, this is an infinite resource. And I never mm-hmm. looked at it that yes. way. And it's absolutely true. And mm-hmm. we, we, we spend so much time, energy and resources and trying to get away from them. And I'm with you a hundred percent. And I think I, I certainly learned this in the Marine Corps. I certainly learned this flying planes. And then as I've gone down this path and, and, and learned more from everybody else and learned about mindfulness is that all of these are, are gifts. And so this gnawing in the stomach, the tightness in the throat, that's a barometer for me that I'm, I'm okay, pay attention to this because this is leading me to something significant. And, I, and if I yeah. work through this, something significant is going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's something I good try on to the remind, it's, it's hard, you know, I'm guilty of reacting, you know, getting in reactionary mode instead of that mm-hmm. kind of outcome-based mindset mode that we're talking about here. But, but it, it's so important to, to, to live in that, and I, I learned that in the Marine Corps. I was like, I remember because he said, be the composed force in a chaotic situation. When I was going mm-hmm. through the Marine Corps and those officers, so your job is to be the composed force in this chaos. 
Let everybody else freak out, spend all their limited time, energy, and resources trying to put out fires. You walk calmly through the fire. Remember, fire can be warm. I remember that's what the, what the, the instructor told me. Fire can be warm. Just <laughs> doesn't don't, always burn just you. Don't let it burn you. And don't bring gasoline to the fire. <laughs> right. But be the composed force mm-hmm. in that fire. Let everybody else run around trying to put all the fires out. You can't put all the fires out was his point. Yeah. 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 And again, through that, it's not about ignoring. If you do have anger, if you do have some red hot passion, it's not ignoring that. Let it exist. But don't become that emotion. Don't let the anger be what's guiding you. Um, You know, the practice of this first step of change enthusiasm, the signal, uh, it's broken down into three parts in the book, which is first recognizing the signal. Right. Knowing how anxiety manifests through you. What does that look like? What are the, you know, uh, biological responses that happen when when that when that when I'm feeling anxious, feeling frustration and then exploring the meaning. Right. I am feeling frustration. Right. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Uh, The hair on the back of my neck is standing up. Frustration is here. Let me think about why. And then think about kind of the thoughts that might be bringing your awareness to that emotion. Why is that being inspired? Um, And then look for ways to transform, begin transforming that energy uh, through the power of choice. But yeah, the first thing is knowing how that manifests through you and then exploring the why. Why is it there? So that you can be that calming part uh, once you've worked through any any anger or red hot passion that, that you might have. What helped me when I was watching your TED when you talked about that, you being a chemical engineer, you brought up that point is like you know energy can never be destroyed it can either be transformed how did you put it conserved um what was the middle one the conserved uh transferred Transferred. transformed Transformed. right and so if we conserve it that's the internal that's not bad that's that's where i get ulcers and i compartmentalize and eventually it's going to blow up and it's going to come out in some Mm -hmm. negative way if you transfer it i'm just trying to Right. Put it off on somebody else. Right. Am I getting that right? And then the transform. That's the venting. The venting. venting. And honestly, I think that's our most natural response is to transfer the energy and just vent about how terrible things are, how much it sucks. Um, I think that's a natural tendency to do. In some respects, it's helpful because it lets to let out a little bit of the energy, um, but it's not sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. For yeah. those of us who like to vent, you probably find that you're venting a lot. That's right. <laughs> Most days you're venting and the energy never really moves, right? It never right. really transforms, um, which is that final way to, to deal with the energy, which is transformation, yeah. right? Using the power of choice to transform anxiety into anticipation, transform fear into hope, transform anger into joy um, through choice. How much of it is is what we call, what I call compartmentalization? I mean, is that mm-hmm. is that something that is that in the realm what we're talking about? Like learning how to compartmentalize? I guess how I always viewed a, it a little. Um, and I think I guess to watch out for that because I I'm one who who, who does that as well. Mm-hmm. But for me, compartmentalization is dangerously close to yes. conservation. Exactly. Right. Um, so I'm going to compartmentalize and then conserve all this energy that I'm feeling, all this frustration, all this anger right here in the workplace until I get home. And then I'm going to crack open a beer and I'm going to call somebody and I'm going to let this go. I'm going to open that compartment and yeah. <laughs> I'm going to vent it all, right? Yeah. Um, so in some respects, there's a danger and a watch out there mm-hmm. to make sure that that doesn't entail conserving the, this energetic entities, your, your yeah. signal emotions. But if you're doing it as a way to progress towards a certain focus, then I think that it could be a, quite a powerful tool, uh, especially when you're experiencing this, this phenomena of change fatigue. 
right? When you got like eight or nine, 10 different changes hitting you at once and you just become overwhelmed. Um, I often tell folks only deal with one at a time. Right. So put these other eight over here, focus here. What are the three things I need to get done with this respective change today? Know what those are and then move to the next. So that's how I think compartmentalization can be used as a tool. The watch out is just make sure you're not conserving energy in those compartments. Yeah, I agree. I guess it comes from the, the, the pilot in me where we're just like you said, how you just explained what there, that's how we handle emergencies, right? So you don't, you, yeah. you don't let all of it overwhelm you can compartmentalize and you prioritize like what's, mm-hmm. what's important. Yeah. And you see that a lot in, in stressful situations and, you know, an emergency happens and they're talking on the radio the first thing and like, like, what does that do? For, does that talking on the radio doesn't do anything. <laughs> right. That doesn't right the airplane. It doesn't put the fire out in the engine, right? So right. don't do that first. Fly the, you know, right. fly the airplane first and then figure out where you're at, then communicate. Then communicate. The whole aviate, navigate, yeah, communicate perfect. thing. But, but I, you're right. I, I always teach people in coaching to compartmentalize, but don't go home and beat the dog, right? At some point, you got to right. <laughs> you, you you <laughs> let it out in a healthy way somehow. And I guess that's, that's, that's the challenge. How do you... Right. How do you let the open the compartment door and do it in a, in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess the transformation part kind of does that simultaneously, right? When we're talking about transforming, it's like, hey, just recognizing that I'm frustrated, angry, scared, fearful, whatever. And then it's taking that time to just like, what does this mean? Because I think my weakness has always been when I've been overcome by this fear, anxiety, is I got to do something, I got to do something, I got to do something. And that yeah. doing something is holding onto the steering wheel too tight right, or, right. or, you Making know, yeah. right. and, and it never ends well. Right. right? It, it, it's, I, I overreact, I guess. Yeah. One of the, one of the times in my, when I was still working in corporate that I probably experienced the most acute signal emotions <laughs> is after my second billion dollar acquisition experience. Oh, man. And I got this new manager and I'd been with him for a couple months And soon after the acquisition, they were cutting headcount, right? Driving down costs. I was a mid-level executive at the time. So it was a very uncertain time, right? So I was sitting with this new dude and uh, during a budget review, he's in my office and he's like, Cassandra, you know, I like you and I want to keep you around, but I'm just not seeing a lot of value in having you in my organization in a couple of years. Wow. Man, I, I composed myself. I got through the rest of that conversation. But when he walked out, I quit what I was doing. I pulled up LinkedIn. I got out my resume. <laughs> I was so panicked, right? And right. my mouth had gone dry. My right. hair was standing up on the back of my neck. Signal emotions. Yeah, right? Right. I was angry. I was fearful. Mm-hmm. And I recognized, my goodness, I am being invited into a huge moment of opportunity if I'm feeling this emotion this strongly. And when I thought about the thoughts, bringing my awareness to the emotions, it was, I'm not going to have a job. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, you know, not having a very prosperous career. My career's about to end. I was feeling shame that that was going to happen. And I was thinking to myself, you know, if those are the thoughts, how can I transform that and see this as an opportunity? Well, he's just given me two years to find another position, right? While he's still paying me. And in my mind, this is actually going to be a better position. And it's Mm -hmm. either going to be in this company, in a different organization, or in a completely different, different company. And so I started pursuing choices towards working in that company still, just in a different organization. And I ended up landing and creating my own position, mm-hmm. <laughs> one that was in a different org. Uh, and it was actually really well primed for advancement. And so to this day, I'm so grateful for him 
mm -hmm. uh, and to him for broaching that, that conversation and sharing that and inspiring those signal emotions because it landed me in a much, much better position that I was more fulfilled in and honestly that leveraged my talents and gifts in a better way. Yeah. But yeah. I could have stayed in that panic and just sunk into the downward spiral. Yeah. You know, but but I chose not to. And and I even like in your story the authenticity of the supervisor who actually told you, Hey, mm. I don't know how you know, right now I don't know how I'm gonna be able to find value so that you could actually then do something versus how often in a work environment or in, in a in a relationship do we not have somebody express that and then all of a sudden you know, it, it, we're, we're just fired or, or, or that person just leaves our life or whatever, because there wasn't that healthy. I mean, it sounds like he was in a pretty healthy space of saying, ultimately, when I heard you say it, it was like, help me justify, help me find a way to, to basically make you a positive part of our team versus, hey, we're going to have to make some cuts and you're kind of on the bubble. So you may or may not be here. Yeah, right, right tomorrow, right? And so I'm like, that so was I, I very will tell you honestly, he didn't he didn't say it nearly as eloquently as you said. <laughs> um, it was not, not near as yeah. right. <laughs> I didn't okay. hear that yes, oh, you didn't hear he that still at all. values me. Right. He's just trying to find a different way. Right. right. I, I didn't hear that sitting in that chair. Right, right. right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Of course. Uh, but on that day and the way that he said it, it was very much so like, of course. I don't see yeah. any value in what you're bringing. We can have you around for a couple years, but after that, yeah, you know, wow. that's, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what I heard. Right. Uh, but, but again, you, sitting, but where, sitting where I am today, it's yeah. like, I'm so grateful. Yeah, because so you took that and you did something with it, right? You made choices yeah, around there it. there you go. Right. You know, something struck me about, and I love that story, but the fact that you took a moment to pause after that kind of gross message, you took that moment to pause. And then you, the moment you did that, the, the choice to pause, I guess is what right. I'm trying to yeah, say. I was thinking of that earlier is yeah. that is almost 80% of the battle, I think. And I don't know. Yes. I mean, yes. You, you know, yes. And, and when people say, I don't know what to do next, just by doing that, you've done the bulk of right. the work you've started, you've started the, the wheels in motion. And now right. even at that moment, you didn't know how it was going to end up, but at least you started it. And I think that's, to me, that's very empowering, or at least it lifts a lot of, a lot of burden on off my shoulders if I'm listening to this going, well, I, I, I don't know what to do next because I think we want to have everything lined up in this linear plan, and it's, that's not how you look at it. It's like just do the choice. Stop the, stop the reaction. Right. Stop the anxiety. Right. Stop right. reacting to yeah. the anxiety and start thinking of outcomes, right? Right. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah, that's I, I, so it's the it's the biggest part and probably the most difficult part of putting sure. this mindset into practice. It's moving from the signal emotion step to the opportunity step, yes. weighing out options. That is the most difficult transition to make when you're when you're practicing this. Yeah, and I think that pause is so important in there because that's kind of the reset, right? I mean, I think that's um, and sometimes I think people. Uh, I think it's a balance, right? You can't get stuck in non-action for a long period of time, but also you don't want to react to something either because, right. you know, I've done that a million times in my life where somebody says something and I'll react to their, uh, whatever they say. And then that always goes just super great. But, 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 right, exactly. Yes. That never causes any issues with right. my work life or my marriage or my kids or anything. Never, never. Yeah. never. No, but, it's always the best. The it's best always outcome. the best. But, um, 
but yeah, kind of have, I mean, for me, that is something I've worked on daily is trying to do, I kind of look at it as that, I call it the seven second delay, like on, t- on mm-hmm. live TV, I guess. And I think Olympic athlete the other day swore on TV and they, you know, they had the opportunity to bleep him out because they have seven second lead. So I always look at it as yeah. my, if I can just buy myself seven seconds here to just pause versus react, then I have a better shot at, at having a positive outcome yeah. versus the negative outcome I was about yeah. to have. And so, yeah. so I think, but, but there's a balance. You don't want to get stuck in indecision no, 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 either. No, no, right. No, no. But, yeah, but there's definitely not. always that space of, of just contemplation, reflection, or it's just okay to be uncomfortable with that emotion. Right. Yeah. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be angry. It's, it's just okay. I don't need to move it into something else. Cause when I do, I'm just, I'm just trying to, uh, alleviate the anxiety. I'm not really, I'm not being productive. I'm actually going to be counterproductive in that moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be fair, right. So back then I wasn't nearly as evolved as I am. <laughs> I wish I could have done all that in seven right. seconds, but yes. I actually, I got up, I left the office. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I went to a coffee house yes. yeah. and right. had to journal. Yeah. Uh, and I Good stepped for away for about 30 minutes right. uh, to give myself some space. But yeah, I mean, obviously it's a practice. The more that you can practice it, the more in tune and able you'll be to create that space so that you can recognize that emotion. And what I say is step outside of it and mm-hmm. view it objectively as this gift that's signaling you and then understand how are you going to maximize the opportunity because it's here. I'm going to grow. I'm going to learn. How am I going to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And so where do you see people get stuck and then what advice do you give them or what, how do you coach them out of that uh, as you're talking about the signaling and looking at the emotion and, and, and uh, being objective about it? I mean, kind of how do you, when people, you see people get stuck, I'm sure I get stuck myself. So yeah, how do you sure. kind of coach them? I think, you know, how do you coach people out of that? Yeah. So mostly what I see in my work, as well as what I experienced and getting stuck is in that mental downward spiral Uh or in that venting each and every day where you're not really transforming the energy. You're just moving it around like a hot potato to Mm. anyone that'll listen to you. Um, And it kind of stays the same energetic signature uh, around you. Um, And so the, the biggest part, and like I said, the most difficult part is recognizing that emotion that's there and then stepping outside of it and understanding what are these thoughts that are bringing my awareness to it. And I like to put pen to paper, Mm -hmm. right? I like to create a chart and you'll see these as exercises in the book Mm -hmm. where you list out, these are the emotions that I'm feeling. Okay. I'm fearful and I am so angry at this dude. And then I think about why, what is driving that anger? And I list out all the thoughts, Mm -hmm. all the thoughts. And then in that final column is, okay, knowing that I'm thinking this, how can I begin transforming this fear into hope, knowing that they're on opposite ends of the spectrum? And Mm -hmm. it's up to me. What happens in between is belief, perspective, and choice. So how can I start choosing that will get me closer to hope versus fear? Um, and it's like, it's like I said, mindfulness, it's that mental exercise of here are the thoughts that are bringing my attention to this awful feeling that I wake up with each and every day. Here are some options that I have to begin moving that energetic signature to begin transforming that signature. Um, and like I said, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I wrote the book Mm. is because I saw so many clients, so many people, uh, employees and workforces stuck in the downward spiral, Mm -hmm. stuck in the, this is terrible. This sucks. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to leave and go where the grass is greener, mm-hmm. where the grass is rarely ever greener, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> at right. least in my, in my own personal experience and giving them the tools and the exercises to work out of that spiral and actually to begin transforming that energy. Mm. I love it. Yeah, I do too. Really helpful. 
Can't believe we've been 45 minutes we've been talking. A lot of stuff. A lot of good stuff. (laughs) A lot of stuff. As we kind of wrap up here, what we didn't touch upon, uh, what does the book say about as a leader, if I'm leading an organization, leading a team through this, because now I got to do, not only do I have to manage myself and manage the emotions Mm -hmm. like we're talking about, I got to be. Help manage others. Help manage others and be cognizant and aware at the same time. It's like changing the, changing a flat tire while I'm driving 60 miles down the, down the road. Yeah. How do we, how do we do that? What are some of the things that you, you provide in the book for the leaders that are going through this? So I lay out six, what I call softer skills, um, that really take into account that energy, that emotion that's churning around the organization. Uh, And they are communicative. So thinking about how you show up as a leader, the way that you're communicating both verbally as well as your body language, um, how that looks to your employees and your organizations, making sure that you are relaying and succinctly communicating, you know, how the change is gonna impact them, as well as maybe even inviting input into kind of the vision and that, and that change. Next is about being hungry. Uh, and this is about self-development and nurturing yourself. Mm. And this is probably the area that is the weakest amongst mm. the most rock star leaders around the I world. Agree. We want our organizations and our teams to thrive, to grow, to be successful. And we get all of our energy and attention into them. And we forget about this person that we rely on the most in our lives. Oh, and that's yeah. us. And so taking time for yourself, giving back to yourself, respite, whether that's yoga, exercising, journaling, as well as just mastering your own, you know, skills, right? Your strengths, as well as your opportunity areas. So critical when you're leading through complex change. The next is authentic, right? Being your full authentic self. I feel everyone is where they're at right now in the world for a reason to bring their experience, their background, their style, you know, their pizzazz into what they do. And of course that accounts for you as well. I can tell y'all are in y'all's lane. (laughs) (laughs) what what you're supposed to be doing and it's great Um, and then also not rigid being agile being flexible as things change in the execution of a change gratitude being grateful sharing appreciation for those leading through the change as well as empathy Um, and empathy I'm finding to be one of the most powerful tools Mm -hmm. when you're leading through high emotional type change and disruption just allowing employees to know that they're not alone and having that time where you're holding space for them to emote and share how they're managing through the change. Uh, so those are the six that I walked I through. There are exercises that. paired with all of them on really that. putting this into practice in the day-to-day. Because I really want this book to be not a concept or conceptual, mm-hmm. but more of a practical application. Right. right. Of course, the concepts are shared, but then immediately paired with ways to put it into practice in your day-to-day. Love it. I love it, man. You're, you're a breath too. of fresh air, Cassandra. Definitely. And um, oh, I appreciate you. You too as well. And <laughs> I love your common sense, practical approach, yeah. everything. It's not Pollyannish. That's what I really appreciate yeah, your I stuff. It, it's not Pollyannish. Like you said, like, hey, do this and everything's going to be right. Sunshine rosy. and rainbows. No, there's some work to be done here. Let's get, let's get gritty. Let's get grimy. Let's get down with it so we can, we, we can affect this change. But, but that's, that's the edge of life. I think that's how it's, I think that's how it's supposed to be lived right we can't avoid these change things it's going to happen right. mm-hmm. and 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 how we pull ourselves out of the mud to me is the magic moment and and what you're teaching cassandra uh, helps us get ourselves out of the mud i mm-hmm. love it yeah i do too very very impactful Absolutely. stuff how can people reach out to you learn more about you in the book change enthusiasm uh, how can people connect with you 
Easy. If you're interested in the book, go to changeenthusiasmbook.com. You can sign up to receive a free download of the first chapter today. So oh, go nice. ahead and get signed up at changeenthusiasmbook.com. If you want to partner with me, work with me, learn more about what I do with my clients all around the world, go to cassandraworthy.com. Uh, shoot a request and uh, let's talk. You can get oh. on the calendar and let's talk. Awesome. Perfect. Did we cover? I mean, there's more we could cover, but yeah, that's did, great. Did we yeah. cover enough? Yeah. <laughs> there's always more to explore. <laughs> there's always more to explore. Well, more we could explore. just do the workshop. That's what we could do. We could just do the workshop. <laughs> Let's just do the workshop right That's now. Step. All right. right. I've got some stuff. We'll take three more hours here and we'll That's get it right. all figured out. Right? <laughs> so tell me, how do you feel? How do you feel? Right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, tell you, I feel like I'm in a better space because yes, we, spent, we spent almost an hour with you. So I, yes, I appreciate you. you coming on the show. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. Uh, to all the listeners, thanks for tuning in. I certainly hope that you found some value in this, uh, and I hope that we can connect down the road. For sure. Thank you for shining your light. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope you got some value out of this episode. If you did, please do me a huge favor. Tell somebody about this show. Tell your spouse. Tell your kids. Tell your coworkers. Let them know about the value that Dose of Leadership brings to your world. Go to doseofleadership.com. You can learn more about my services. If you're looking for somebody to speak, teach, or coach about leadership, I'm your guy. I'm known for my ability to transform individuals and organizations, teaching them the concept of creating a culture of decentralized leadership. I do think that is the secret sauce to facing all the challenges that we face today. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I look forward to the next time we're together. And until the meantime, make it a great one.